evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday. It is May 24th, 2017. I hope everybody's had a great week so far and they're looking forward to a long Memorial Day weekend coming up. Wow, it's already Memorial Day. You know, it's interesting that we don't really think about the daylight savings time and how long uh, it stays light out. It's still light out now and it, we still get another minute every day until um, just about June 21st. And then it starts going the other way. And it's like, wow, we're still digging our way out of the a cool, rainy springtime where you don't, you still feel that little winter, winter chill in the air every so often. And we're already going to be start heading back the other way. On that optimistic note, let's uh, get started with the show. We have a great show for you tonight. We have one of my favorites, my mentor in the world of hypnosis, Dr. Anthony DeMarco, who is uh, going to come on the show in a few minutes, and we're going to discuss epigenetics, which is really uh, how the body, through uh, belief, can uh, the cells and your DNA can actually change, and the cells can talk to each other, and how actually, through belief, you can uh, self-heal. And it's interesting because uh, I, uh, as I had mentioned uh, numerous times on the show and in my blog, um, I had two robotic surgeries uh, uh, two and a half years ago on my kidneys. And uh, I didn't, uh, everything went fine. And I've been told that, you know, 98% chance will never happen again. Yet when I asked, like, well, what causes this? How did I get a growth on my kidneys? Uh, And they said, well, it's sporadic. And uh, then I said to myself, hmm. Sporadic doesn't work for me because, in my opinion, nothing sporadic. So I decided to uh, do some more of my own research. And uh, one of our guests, actually, Dr. Amit Goswami, who is a uh, world-renowned quantum physicist who's written books about quantum medicine and a lot of other stuff in the quantum field, which is really just all about possibilities. He referred me to a place in New York, the New York Center of Innovative Medicine, and uh, it's really Ayurvedic medicine. The old Indian uh, from the country of India, uh, kind of natural homeopathic medical approach where they get down to the causal cellular level. And uh, so I went through a uh, deep program and um, that my test results were fantastic. My body's toxicity uh, was cut in half. My cells uh, were regenerating. I've never felt better. And uh, one of the keys to the healing was that I believed in the process. And when I, I actually, uh, I asked the, the top doctor there, Dr. Thomas Schultz, I said, does this, does this work? And he said, it works if you think it works. And, you know, you could say that's a line of BS, but actually it's true because you have to have your belief in something uh, to, get, to get results. And that's part of what epigenetics is all about. So in a moment or two, I'm going to bring on Dr. DeMarco, We're going to interview him for about 30 minutes. And then, uh, as I've mentioned in the last couple of shows, now I've reformatted Guys Guys Radio, where the second half of the show, we do a little preview called the Guys Guys Guide. And what that is, it's a uh, kind of a top line of uh, my weekly column that I write on my website, robertmanni.com. And this week, it's about uh, how to stay young, the Guys Guys Guide to Staying Young. And, you know, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV, but I... I've uh, I've had a lot of experience in health, and I did go through my own uh, health scare, if you will. And at a certain point, I had to look into the abyss and ask myself, 
what's going on and uh, I, things I'd never thought about. And I, I came through quite well. And uh, I gave credit to the universe, uh, to God and to my, the God inside me to help me get through all of that. And I'm feeling better than ever. And uh, I plan to live a very long, prosperous life. And, uh, and a lot of it is about self-belief and can do. And it's interesting because actually I was out with one of my buddies last night and he told me he had, they just found the growth in his thyroid and thyroid issues are rampant now in our country. And they trace a lot of it back to fluoride and tap water and things like that. And just airborne pollutants and stuff. Um, but it's just stuff that is growing inside boomers and, uh, you have to change the environment or it can happen again. So if your internal environment is one where it's healthy, bad stuff can't grow inside you. But when you get toxic inside, bad stuff can grow. So it's all a matter of not just addressing things as they happen, but being preventative and taking care of yourself so you don't run into that. That's all the more important now because with all of the issues with, you know, the health care laws and the, you know, the legislature that you're trying to push through, which would, you know, if you're sick or you have a pre-existing con- condition, which everybody's got, it seems like uh, it's going to be tough. Things could be tough. Uh, with that in mind, let's just go a quick run through what's going on in uh, kind of the guys, guys world. And then uh, I'll bring Dr. DeMarco on. So uh, sticking with politics for a moment, um, Trump is trying to push through this budget and uh, I kind of got to look at it. And basically to me, what it looks like is massive tax cuts for the wealthy and for corporations with the uh, hope, I put that in quotes, that it will stimulate a 3% growth in the economy and then all boats get lifted with high tide. Unfortunately, I have yet to be proven to me that trickle-down economics works. And we have a, a rapidly widening uh, income gap between the poor, uh, the dwindling middle class, and the rich. And this, I think, will only serve to uh, helped a, a very upper crust. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, it's too easy to blame the poor or to blame immigrants for the problems of the country um, and demonize them. And that kind of tactic has been done by various n- n- notorious leaders of various countries in the past. And it's a, it's a dubious path to say the least. So we'll see what happens there. Um, also, just quick sports note, because I'm a guy's guy and a big sports fan. So we've got the NBA showdown that everybody's waiting for. For the third year in a row, we have the Golden State Warriors against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so the thing that gets me, though, is that both teams wrapped up. Uh, they just marched through. I think the Cavaliers were uh, 13. Uh, they won 12 games and lost one so far in the playoffs. And Golden State won all 12 games. So you'd think, okay. Uh, the last game was last night. Okay, it's wrapped up. Let's get this thing started. Uh, maybe, you know, all right, tonight's Wednesday, but all right, Sunday, Friday night, Saturday nights? No, a week from tomorrow, which to me, to me I guess it's uh, based on scheduling of the uh, facilities and things like that, but it's like people forget about stuff in a week or so. It's like, you know, everybody's got other stuff going on. So we'll see what happens there, though. But I think all the eyeballs are going to go back to that. The other thing happening in the world of sports that I found interesting is that the NFL just went through some rule changes. And one of them is, you know, when they have all the 
end zone celebrations and the guys are flipping around in the end zone and doing all the stuff. Well, now they've been, a lot of guys have been fined for that. And there's still some no-nos in terms of what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. But uh, they've actually kind of loosened up the laws, if you will, where they can do some more celebrating. So you're going to see some wild stuff in terms of end zone celebrations. However, in the small print, the team that has scored the touchdown has to line up for the extra point within 40 seconds. So these little celebrations are going to have to go pretty darn fast, or the team is going to get pushed back five yards when they try to kick their uh, extra point. So something to keep in mind when you watch the NFL this year. Uh, Guys, guys, radio, we're in, uh, we're headed towards uh, 220 podcasts. Now you can find us on Stitcher iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio. I would ask if you want to support the program because it's all free and I bootstrap it myself. I've got a young man who helps me produce a lot of my work, but uh, otherwise I'm doing it all. I look up the guests, I contact the guests, I develop the questions, I write my own material and uh, just do me a favor. One, if you go on iTunes and you do listen to Guys Guys Radio, Rate the show if you like it. Give us a review. And if you really like it, subscribe. The other thing I would ask is go back and take a look at my novel, which started the whole Guys Guys movement. The Guys Guys movement is about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Better men, better world. The name of the book that started the whole Guys Guys movement is The Guys Guys Guide to Love. And it's a novel, but I believe the power of story can get the message across uh, more than nonfiction can. And it's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. You can find the book on Amazon or most of the e- all of the e-tailers and in some bookstores. My uh, website is robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I.com. And uh, you can catch me on Facebook, Robert Manny Author, uh, Twitter at Robert Manny, YouTube, Robert Manny Author. And uh, we're here for you. We want men to be at their best. We want women to be uh, at their best, and we want everybody to win. And what I see happening is uh, it's a tough time for guys because women are on, our st- are on a straight path of accent and, and recognition. The world has a long way to go to make things up to women, but at least they're on a straight path. Guys, it's something different. The young guys, I always like to say they're stuck between the MMA and manscaping. And the boomer guys, they just don't want to change. They define themselves. So many of the guys I know define themselves by their job and by money. They don't want to change their habits. They think that when you get ill, you just take a pill and you just keep living the same way. A buddy of mine who I was out with last night, you know, he's a stay, he's a uh, adult diabetic. He's drinking beer, beer after beer. And I tell him, I'm like, geez, if I was diabetic, I don't think I'd drink. And he's like, well, everything in moderation is about monitoring your sugar and all of that. And, you know, nobody wants to do anything. They just want to take a pill that the, that the doctors prescribe. And a lot of times that's the right thing to do. But also you have to take hold of your lifestyle. So anyhow, that's, uh, that's kind of my spiel, what I want to say tonight. So uh, it's time to bring our guest out. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in one moment with our guest. Okay, we're back, and I'm going to bring on our special guest now, as I promised, Dr. Tony DeMarco. Um, He is a uh, renowned hypnotist uh, throughout the United States. He is one of the, uh, he runs the uh, NACH chapter, 
uh, and he's part of the NGH of the National Hypnosis Associations, and he is a worldwide kind of household name when it comes to conferences, uh, symposiums, uh, seminars, and he teaches uh, hypnosis in New Jersey. And that's where I learned, and I consider Dr. DeMarco uh, not only is he a great guy and a great teacher, but he's been a mentor to me. He's been very helpful for me to have some personal breakthroughs. And I always love having him on the show because he's a great guest because you just give him a, t- he has a topic in mind. You give him the floor and he runs with it and he's fascinating. And I've taken his classes right through to the advanced clinical master hypnotist level. And he taught me how to do past life regressions, parts therapy, timeline therapy. He's amazing. And he's a great guy. So I want to bring him in, bring him on right now. From New Jersey, Dr. Anthony DeMarco. Good evening, Dr. DeMarco. Good evening. Thank you very much. I'm very good. Hope everyone listening is is fine also. You know, Robert, you you almost summed up everything that I was going to talk about when you were talking about (laughs) healing. You you were right on the money with everything, you know. And uh, I... uh, I want to I, I want to convey a couple messages tonight right from the outset. I want people to realize the power that they have, the innate inner power that they have with their subconscious mind. And lately, for the last couple of years, I've been referring to the subconscious mind as the power mind because people can latch on to that. The subconscious mind is a million times more powerful than the conscious mind. If you could think of the ocean as being uh, being our mind, the entire ocean, and take a drop of water and, and drop that, that drop of water into the ocean, that's the conscious mind. The subconscious mind overcomes everything, overrides everything that is in, a, in the critical factor and the conscious factor because it's deep, the subconscious mind accepts everything, whether it's the tr- truth or fiction, and it sends it back to you. It sends lies back to you the same as it sends uh, the truth back to you. So tonight, I want to I speak about the healing power of the subconscious mind. And I, I, I would like to say that we are infants crawling on the floor of the healing world. And, you know, I use the word healing, and I have to use it guardedly. Uh, but the the hypnotists say that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, and I extend it that all healing is self-healing. Now, I'm not talking about trauma where you, you must have the medical doctor come and set your bones or complex surgery and so forth. I'm talking about illnesses that are caused by the individual themselves. And that's mm-hmm. hard for people to, to, to grab hold of. Why would I want to uh, cause an illness? We don't do it intentionally. We do it subconsciously. And I've seen it happen time and time again. And, you know, you you were talking about um, an Indian gentleman. It may have been an Indian doctor that told you about uh, possibilities. I mm-hmm. think uh, you used that word. And you know what it, you know, you know what it brought into mind, uh, Robert? Uh, in 1965, Richard Feynman, who was a uh, world-famous uh, physicist, Nobel Prize um, winner, he he identified some uh, particles, some atoms that that he called 
positrons. And he said that they were coming back from the future and they were trying the future out. Another fellow from England, Adrian Dodds, said that these, he called the particles uh, cytrons, and they, 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 um, they were working in different time dimensions and that we're, we're in time. And it's a dimension of likelihoods. But the one that really, 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 I mean, 25 years ago when I read this, that, that really influenced me was by Werner Heisenberg. He said that if you observe an electron, the past and present of the of the electron changes. So what this yep. means to me, what this means to me is if we can have the proper perception of our past, we can change the environment, our inner environment, our psychological environment. And if we change our psychological environment to a a positive uh, nature, then we can prevent illness and we can heal present illnesses. I truly believe this. And Robert, we are in unchartered territory. What what we're speaking about and and the concepts that that I've I've worked with and that I've I've read about and and uh, Tin is uh, one of my favorite uh, cell biologists. I'll tell you a little bit more about him and epigenetics and um, uh, he 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 uh, he's a a leader. He's a front runner and he uh, he has made various tests with cells and saw how a change of the environment uh, created muscle and created tissue and uh, different same same cells but changing the environments with the solutions mm-hmm. he said exactly very 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 uh, 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 very strongly he said that we are like petri dishes that our cells are influenced by our outer and inner environments. And he said that the medium was our blood, and our blood is affected by all of the good and all of the stressful happenings in our life. And this is one of the keys, that we have to process the stress properly. When we process the stress properly, we can change the inner environment. Now, look, I've been around quite a quite a bit, as you know, and mm-hmm. I I know that people have tragedies and that they have so many negative negative things happening in their lives, and it's so difficult to have a a positive outlook sometimes with the with the stressors that that we receive. However, I just want to pose this to you and to everyone else. <clears throat> If you think negatively, even when there is tragedy or when there's extreme stress, if you think negatively, the chances are that you're not going to recuperate very easily from those stressors. But if you think positively, you stand a better chance of overcoming so much. 
you know, Louise L. Hay wrote a book about 40 years ago, You Can Heal Your Life, where she identified so many things that uh, that uh, uh, people cause themselves. And no one wants to think that they cause these illnesses themselves. But I know I know that we have a time limit. And um, I, I want to tell you a story. I don't think I've told this story on your show. It's a very, very interesting story. It's a true, true-to-life story. Um, when when um, Hurricane Sandy came in Jersey and New York, it was devastating about about three or four years ago. Yep. I think oh, yeah. everyone remembers mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> well, one of my former students, his name is uh, Philip Grimm. He was he was helping a neighbor cut down a branch that was hung up on a wire after the storm. So he went up about 20 feet on a ladder. The ladder slipped and he fell down on his head, straight on his head, and wound up with severe fractures of his skull and maybe 15 or 20 fractures, we don't know. He was in a body cast um, uh, of, uh, and he, in the hospital. He was placed on a respirator. He was placed on other machines and the doctors induced a coma to alleviate the the pain. However, after three weeks, he they could not get him out of the coma, and the doctors told his family that he was brain dead, and they were starting to discuss uh, taking him off the respirator. Well, his sister, his sister called me. She was able to get in touch with me, and she asked if I could, um, if I could come down and see Phil. He was down at, down the Jersey Shore, about 80 miles away. So uh, I and my wife, my wife's a hypnotist also, she took a ride, and we went down. And, and on the way down, I, I was thinking I, I wanted to, I couldn't induce hypnosis because I don't want to put him in a deeper uh, subconscious right. state than he was already in. So I felt that I would use some energy work because I, I do some energy work, bring the energy mm-hmm. of the universe into uh, into individuals. And um, I also wanted to create a metaphor. And I did create one about a little baby turtle Falling off, falling off a hillside and and hitting his head and and then ducking his head into his his shell and he wouldn't put his head out and until one day his his um, grandfather came to him and said there's a lot of life to live you're just a baby turtle your friends and family are waiting for you look at the sunshine and so forth so this is the the metaphor that I was going to use even though he was uh, in uh, in a coma in a very deep coma. So I went down, and uh, I was permitted to work with him. And I must have worked with him about 45 minutes. I brought the energy work um, into him. And uh, I told him the metaphor, even though he couldn't respond. Or, and, um, and I left with my wife. And um, we went to lunch. Because we're down the shore, we said we might as well yep. go to lunch. And after lunch, we said Let's get, she wanted to go shopping. And I sat in the car when she went shopping. I got a telephone call from uh, Phil's sister, and she says, Doctor, he opened his eyes. I said, Great. She says, Wait, wait, his doctor is coming in. I'll call you back. She called me back. She says, You will never believe what happened. She said, I told the doctor that he's opening his eyes, and his eyes were open when the doctor came in. And he said, That doesn't really mean anything. Brain, that, that happens sometimes with brain dead patients. He said, ask him to to stick out his tongue. And if he sticks out his tongue, then he's out of the coma. 
So the doctor started walking out of the mm-hmm. door in disbelief, naturally. He said, doctor, doctor, he's sticking his tongue out. He rushed back in. He was sticking his tongue out. He got out of the coma, and he started saying a couple of words. But that's not that's not the entire story. I went back the second time, and his wife was there. She was not there the first time. And she said, doctor, she says, let me tell you something. She says, I went to stay by his mother after Phil got hurt. I didn't want to be alone in the house. So I slept in his bed. And while I was sleeping in his bed at midnight, uh, an apparition came to me of Jesus on the ceiling and said, call his teacher. She says, and I didn't remember your name. And no one could remember, you know, the name of the school. She said, so we looked through his papers and we found the number of one of his friends that was also a student. We called him. He was now in North Carolina, but he had your number. And she says, I had his sister call you uh, after that apparition. So I I just keep on thinking of it as the coma, the turtle, and the apparition. And this is the healing power of the subconscious mind. I didn't do anything. He did it. He brought himself out of it. I just taught him how to come out of it. That's so a fact. I, I, I would like this to convince people, Robert. What do you think mm-hmm. of that? Is, is well, I think, something? I, I, I totally, I completely get it and believe it because I've gone through some of the same things. Um, when I, a uh, quick story, and then I got a couple of questions for you for for the audience. Um, you know, when I did my second robotic surgery, I looked at the, sur- the I looked at the surgeon's face. I was he was having a little talk with me before we went in, and you know, I'm sitting there with the stocking stocking feet and the little net on my head and everything. And he didn't, he looked nervous and I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, I'll do the best I can. I'm like, Oh my goodness. So then there was a delay. He left and then I'm sitting in the room waiting and I'm like, damn. And, uh, but I, there was a, there was a delay. They said, you have to wait here 45 minutes. So I'm like, Oh, great. And in that time though, a voice came into my head and said, you have a lot of power. You've been doing all your work, going all the way back through the hypnosis training, your Reiki training, all the other stuff you've been doing consistently over the years that you have a lot of power. You can help these doctors and you, you have the power with your body to help out. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And so when we went in and I'm just about, I'm on the, I'm on the bed there and there, I'm all the surgeons are around me. And I, they're just about to put the mask over me, and I grabbed the forearm of the uh, one uh, lady doctor who was right next to me, and I said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to release. I am going to release what I have inside of me to you. It's gonna, I'm going to release it. I'm going to help you. And then I went out. And uh, the next thing I know, I woke up, and my surgeon's looking at me smiling, saying everything went great. And he didn't hear what I had said. It was, I was talking to another assisting doctor and I said, what happened? He said, it just, we got to it and it just plopped right, came right out. No problems whatsoever. And I truly believe that that was my cells and my self-conscious helping them do the great work that they did. Uh, So for the benefit of our audience, though, I think we need to take a half a step back and just say, could you define, because we want to talk about epigenetics. A lot of people don't know what that is. What yes. is what right. is it? And then to me, the, the, the number one question that I think people have is my understanding with epigenetics to have it work. You cannot have competing thoughts. And I think in so much what has to do with our, you know, the power of the subconscious mind, how how can people 
manage those competing thoughts, that monkey chatter that gets in the way, that doubt that uh, prevents us from manifesting, prevents us from being our best selves, prevents us from getting the results we want. So it's a two-part question, epigenetics and then that kind it's of about a ten part. Thoughts. It's about a ten-part question. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let, let me explain it to you, all right? I, I got I, I to gotta tell you this, though. I had watched a movie a, a few years ago uh, where um, – this um, right before the stock market crash, and um, the billionaire owner of the stock company was called in. He came in by helicopter, and it's like two o'clock in the morning. He sat before the board, and uh, and the mathematician was going to tell him why the market was going to crash at nine o'clock in, uh, in the morning. And he said, and the mathematician started spouting off all algorithms and so forth. And and the billionaire said, please, he said. Explain it to me as if I were a kindergarten child. And he started spouting off. He said, wait, wait, wait. He said, explain it to me as if I were a cocker spaniel. So when I look at epigenetics, and I've been doing all of this studying and research and reading some of these experts, I'm the cocker spaniel. So when I explain it, I think everybody's going to be able to understand it, all right? Because if I can understand it, everyone can understand it. Now, uh, the the formal definition of epigenetics is is the study of the interaction of the environment with the genome, with the genes, with the cells, all right? I'm going to Mm -hmm. really break it down. I'm going to break it down so that everyone can grasp hold of this. Our genes react to our environment. Everyone may have cancer in their genes, but it's not in the cells. What happens is the gene has a, a wall around it. It's called a methyl attachment. And when stress comes your way and you perceive things in a negative fashion, that wall starts getting weakened and it starts breaking open and the illness, the stuff, and this is what the cell biologists call it, the stuff, the proteins and so forth of the cancer or any other illness, it seeps out of the genes into the cells and then the person actually has the illness. So, one of the things that must be done is to think positively so that the methyl attachment on all of your genes stays intact, except, and this is my own stuff. You're not going to read it in a, uh, in a book. However, I believe that we have of the ability, hypnotically speaking, to use the good genes, the unidentified genes that we have, and open up the methyl attachment to release all of the good stuff into our into our cells. I'm going to give you an example of this. Okay. The 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 um, there's some cell biologists say that we have 28,000 genes. Others say that we have 120,000. So you got about 90,000 unidentified genes, and they can't agree on how many genes there are. So our frames of references are so limited, Robert, that mm-hmm. we, you know we're just we, we haven't been on Earth long enough to know everything. Our yep. frames of references are so limited that there are so many genes there that we just don't know what they are. So with that, we can we can create 
names for our own genes and use them to our own benefit. I have been working for the last five years and and with my own anti-aging gene. I truly believe that I have a youth gene and an anti-aging gene, and I am releasing all of the good stuff of that gene into the cells so that I believe that I'm 20 years younger than the, than the chronological years that I've been on Earth. You and are. When I, can, I, I truly you believe are. that, Robert. You, are. you really believe. are. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I conduct workshops with other hypnotists and other students on epigenetics and healing, and I give them the opportunity to come up with other genes, good genes, identify good genes and grab them for their, their own. And I, I have a list of them here that the students came up to, and they're very interesting, I think, to your listening audience. Please. Uh, and I'm going to read these genes feel-good genes, perfect health genes, kindness genes, mindfulness genes, exercise genes, relaxation genes, anti-war genes, anti-aggression genes, self-confidence genes, connectedness, divine wisdom genes, intuition genes, mm -hmm. magic genes, happiness genes, the so-and-so-forgetting genes, rhombus cell with each breath genes, inflammation preventing genes and the cell biologists say that we have cancer defeating genes also they've mm -hmm. labeled one as as a gene that does defeat cancer uh, that we have it there that that's in our favor lubricant genes proper nutrient distribution genes motivation genes helper genes soldier genes i have a few more but there's no sense in reading all of them because you get the idea that yep. create your own genes because your subconscious mind believes lies the same way that it believes the truth so mm -hmm. if a person is uh, is heavy and tells that tells themselves that they are thin and becoming thinner and thinner what happens is their subconscious mind starts thinking thin even though the subconscious mind doesn't think it grabs hold of that concept and and it causes you to think thin to eat thin to become thin and to be thin it all starts in the mind everything starts in the mind all healing starts in the mind i have you've heard so many cases of the placebo effect yep. and also you you've heard of nocebo effect where people where people have thought so negatively that they caused these diseases and ultimately they caused death I mean, you, you've heard of the, the father that wants to live just long enough to walk his daughter down the aisle, and he dies the next day after he does yep. walk her mm -hmm. down the aisle. You know, he, he programmed it. I remember one case that I read 35 years ago or something where this daughter hated her mother so much that she said that she wanted to die when she was 33 on the day that, that she was born on her birthday just to spite her mother. Well, oh, lo and behold, yeah, when her birthday came, she died on that day for no known cause. Wow. No, nocebo. People uh, can program their own lives and they can program their own death. So I believe I would rather stay with the the odds of uh, thinking positively. Okay, so, let me ask you a question, Dr. DeMarco. Yes. How can yes. then, the, the, for the second part of my 
multi-layered question I asked you at the yes. beginning was how people, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times we have competing thoughts. You know, of course, the yes. subconscious mind is the ocean and the conscious mind is a, is a drop. How, yes. what, what can people do to activate their subconscious mind to work in, on their behalf? And how can they deal with the uh, up, uptick of the, you know, the, 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 the co- competing thoughts that invariably spring up during the day? I worked with that. I worked with that answer about 25 or 30 years ago, Robert. And there was a book that was written at that time, 25 years ago. You can't afford the luxury of a negative thought. And and I truly believe that. So I would not. I do not permit negative thoughts to take root in my body. I will in my mind. I will not let and body and mind because they do take root in the body also. I I do not. And you know what I used to use? It may sound very very weird, but I I I. I I remember years ago, it was Major Bose Amateur Hour where they had a big hook to pull someone off the stage when they weren't very good. Well, in my mind, I had imagined in the beginning a hook pulling these these um, these negative thoughts out of my mind. I also I also thought of tying a parachute. You know how when planes land with the parachute that stops it to pull it right out of my mind. I just did anything because anything that I believed, anything that I came up with, is fine with my subconscious mind. So I did little things. But to go a couple of steps further, you can't think of a boy and a girl. They're, com- they're, 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 they're competing thoughts, a boy and a girl. But you can think of a boy and girl holding hands. You can modify some of your thoughts so that they, they are helpful thoughts. And uh, I also, you had mentioned that I had taught you and when you studied with me, um, uh, parts communication, that's uh, yep. communication mm-hmm. among the uh, psychological parts of the individual that was controlling the individual's behavior. And also my favorite uh, my favorite technique, which is timeline repair. We don't yep. use the word therapy mm-hmm. in New Jersey. So timeline okay. repair, I studied with Dad James out of Hawaii. And the, this, it, both of these are geared to... to uh, change the perception of the individual of their past of anything negative in their past and dr carl jung and you know him he's one of my heroes dr carl jung Mm -hmm. said that that people live their present based upon their past and their vision of the future that's how they live Mm -hmm. their their uh their present and dr sigmund freud said uh tell me of the child's uh uh upbringing between the ages of of birth to six years old and unless there's some sort of intervention i will tell you what's going to happen with that child wow because we're yes so but now as i said we're in uncharted territory we're not slaves to our dna we do not have to follow in the footsteps of our predecessors, of our grandparents, our parents, our grand, and you know because things that happened four years, four hundred years ago, still still affect us today. It's still in our genes, and it's it's still part of our hereditary aspects. And, well, you uh, like you'll like have, this story, the Doctor DeMarco is that the, my go first ahead. person after taking you know training with you, the first person I had who come to, came to me to do work. She said to me, 
I said, well, well, you know, I had her fill out a form and everything. And I said, what's your, what's your issue? And she said, I believe that the, the, the sadness runs in with the women in my family. There's a sadness. And I'm like thinking about what you taught us. I was like, well, you don't, you're not, you know, sadness, every person is different and you're not born with sadness. So I had to, you know, go through the whole, I won't, I won't get into what we did, but it was just, it's about, you know, people thinking that, you know, just because their mother was sad or their sister was sad that they're going to be sad or your father had a heart attack and like, you're going to have a heart attack. Yes, it may happen, but a lot of it, it depends on yes. not just your, your genes, but no, how you, they're yes, activated. You must rule it out. You must rule it out. You can't, you can't, if you think that you're creating a predisposition yep. or you may have a predisposition, but what you're doing is you're making that predisposition stronger. Yep. And, and so that's the problem. You have to get rid of all of these negative thoughts. We're not slaves to our DNA. And that I, I want to get that, that across to everyone that's listening. We do not have to follow in the footsteps steps of our ancestors. We can change the way that our genes express themselves by truly believing that we have the power in our subconscious mind to keep our genes strong and to prevent any of that negative stuff from entering our cells. We have, there have, there's quite a few studies on super agers, Robert, 80 and above, and they have found that their memories are as good as when they were 20 or 30 years old and their functioning power was as good. And they found that there was less tangles in their brain and that their cortex was stronger and a little bit larger than other people that had dementia and Alzheimer's, right? So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I do with myself, I think of the tangles as spaghetti, all right? And I Mm -hmm. just, when I close my eyes, I envision that my brain is clear, without Mm -hmm. tangles, and that my cortex is stronger. Does it work? I truly believe it works. I believe in all of the... I practice what I preach. I can't say Mm -hmm. more than that. I practice what I preach, Robert. Let me throw one uh, one last thing at you, and then we'll uh, we'll get the information and everything for the for the folks. But you know, as part of the part of the process that I went through is interesting because you mentioned that uh, uh, the emotional factor and stress and all of that. One of the things they did with me, they actually threw a pinprick testing my blood. They said you actually have uh, uh, emotional damage uh, that uh, issues that affect you through stress and emotion that went to various organs and they actually identified it by year. And when they gave me the years, you were at this age, you were at this age, this went to your liver and this one here. I I went through it and I like, sure enough, they were pretty directionally accurate. And then through a, using a uh, uh, magnets and what's called a lector, um, which is some type of like wand that measures your frequency. Uh, They sucked the, the, using the magnets and the lector, kind of like uh, eliminated. That was the last thing we did was eliminated the uh, emotional trauma that was stored in my organs going all the way back to when I was 19, one of them. Do you believe that is possible? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, look, our frames of references are so limited. What I do, Robert, I and you know, I don't care what which negative happening has caused the individual uh, to suffer from the unwanted behavior of the illness. So I go back 
to the individual's first memory, not to when they're born, mm-hmm. because they may not remember that, to their first memory, and I get rid of every negative feeling and emotion attached to every happening until the present time that have caused an illness or or the unwanted behavior or that would uh, possibly affect the way that the person enjoys his life for the rest yep. of his, his or her life. So I get rid of all of them. I, I don't fool around. I get rid of all of them, all of the negative and, uh, feelings and emotions. So it takes time. It takes time. But if if a person doesn't go for interventions, doesn't go to a hypnotist, that's all well and good. But sure. let them start thinking kindly of their past. Mm-hmm. Let them get rid of the negative Forgive thoughts. themselves, right? Yes, all forgiveness is the first step of all healing. And I yep. do that in my induction with the forgiveness also. That you forgive okay. yourself and you forgive others. Absolutely. Yep. Well, listen, Dr. DeMarco, I know you just came back from a trip. I want to give yes, everybody a chance to get your information. When are you teaching I next? At, I was at a beautiful convention of the International Association of Counselors and Therapists uh, down at Daytona Beach. And they, uh, it was a joy. I gave the keynote address. I was uh, very honored to do that, and I felt very good, very good with it. And where can uh, when's your next classes in New Jersey? Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, NAGA and where people can get hold of you. NA, excuse me, NACH right. and uh, the NGH. Yes, um, my uh, my website. I have many websites, but the one from my school is www.hypnohypnoacademy.com. All one word, and. Um, I'm presently teaching uh, the next uh, few weekends to finish up um, a 10-day course. I'll be teaching again in September if anyone's interested. And uh, you also become a member of the National Guild of Hypnotists, which is the uh, largest hypnosis organization uh, in the world with 20,000 plus uh, members. And my school is the first school of hypnosis that has been licensed and approved by the Department of Education of the state of New Jersey and the New Jersey Department of Labor and Workforce Development since 1991. So everything that we do is sanctioned by the state of New Jersey, and this is reflected in the certificate that you receive. That's fantastic. I can uh, vouch for uh, you completely, Dr. DeMarco. Not only were you a great teacher, you know, everything I learned from you affects me every day of my life going forward. So I really appreciate you being a great mentor for me. And the work you did with me made a big difference. So thank you. And uh, I think I'll I'll schedule something uh, this year to to, like get a booster shot just to keep myself getting going to the next level. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) <laughs> I'd be happy to come back if you want me to come back also, Robert. Fantastic. Know. I would love to have you back. You're a great guest and you're a great guy and you're helping so many people. And you've got students and graduates all over uh, the tri-state yes. area who are, you know, just love you. So keep doing the good job and give my Thank best you. to Dr. Gatto, please. Yes, I shall. I'll tell Dr. Gatto that you were asking of him. Yes. Great. Okay. Thank so you so much, so Dr. Long, DeMarco. Everybody. All right. Take so care. Long, Okay, uh, that was Dr. Anthony DeMarco. Uh, as you know, I have so such hold him in such high regard and have such respect for him, and he's a great speaker. I mean, if the show was three hours long, we'd have no problem filling the time with tremendously interesting and informative stories because Dr. DeMarco is super knowledgeable and he's a great guy. It's like you know having a one of the best resources I could ever have in terms of kind of life coaching, if you will. Uh, so I'm uh, uh, eternally. Uh, 
grateful and appreciative of everything I've learned from him. So let's uh, take a quick break, and then I'm going to do quickly uh, the Guy's Guy's Guide for this week, which is actually, interestingly enough, it's about the Guy's Guy's Guide to Staying Young. And I'll give you a couple ideas that I use that have helped me keep a young, fresh outlook on my mind, my body, and my spirit. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come right back to the show. Okay, we're back. Uh, and as I promised, we're going to wrap up the show with a quick guys, guys guide. Uh, so let's talk about it. So I uh, decided uh, to, I would write about uh, my blog on uh, uh, Uh I, As you know, I do a weekly blog there and it's many of the blogs are syndicated. I post them on Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to catch me there, you can read them. But this one's about staying young. And I start out saying that, you know, I usually agree with Mick Jagger, who's one of my musical uh, inspirations, if you will, and heroes. But uh, when he said it's a drag, what a drag it is getting old. I don't agree with you, Mick, on that one. So I decided to kind of take on the whole aspect of what are some of the things that I have been able to do uh, to keep me young through my own personal experiences, acknowledging that I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. I don't play a doctor on TV. I'm a guy's guy and I try to live the best life possible. And I can see through a lot of my peers and friends that as I mentioned earlier in the show, a lot of a lot of dudes my age uh, in the boomer area, uh, and I'm at the tail end of the boomers, but a lot of boomers, they just they don't want to do anything different. And they want to take a pill and keep living the way they live. And, you know, that that's going to take them to a certain a certain end. Uh, but ultimately, it's it's I don't believe that you're going to last as long as you want to last if you uh, if you don't start adapting your behavior to get yourself in a physical, mental, and spiritual younger mind state. So number one, uh, diet. You got to have a good diet. Over time, you know, I love to eat steak. I love meat. But over time, I decided that uh, it was something I was going to cut out for various number of reasons. Uh, it wasn't about uh, the animals themselves. Uh, but then after I had been giving it up, this is uh, nine years now, then I started to say, you know what? I don't want to eat these animals. They didn't really do anything to me and I don't need them for the protein. And they, it's tough for my body to break it down, but that's my decision. But it's really more about don't eat processed food. Uh, if you're going to eat meat, eat, go organic as you possibly can. Um, go organic and uh, pasture raised for your eggs. Um, don't eat, uh, a lot of sugar, cut way back on the sugar, cut way back on the booze, cut, way, don't smoke, uh, and stay away from fried food, bacon. Sorry, it tastes great, but you know, I haven't had bacon and that's coming up to nine years now and I can still just inhale and I can just uh, remember it there, but you know what? I'm better off without it now. So that's me. Uh, you don't want to have uh, uh, problems with your cholesterol, with diabetes and all that. Be careful with the sugar. Be careful with the salt. Be careful with the meat. Be careful with the dairy. And uh, do things in moderation. If you do have to have meat, again, eat the highest quality. And with everything else, just go for the best quality and uh, try to ratchet down your lifestyle in terms of your indulgences over time. Don't, you can't do all this stuff all at once. Um, exercise, uh, to me, uh, it's a lifestyle decision. You don't just get in shape. You stay in shape. Uh, as you get older, what I do is I listen to my body. I didn't start running marathons till I was 40, but by the time I, you know, hit 50, I was done with marathons. My body said, that's enough. 
So uh, I don't run them anymore because it's just too, too uh, for me, just too much of a stress on me. It might not be for other people. I did three in a decade and uh, I said, that's enough. So I'll, I'll take in a, a half uh, and I, I, I get out there. I run the uh, six mile loop of Central Park once a week. I run nine or 10 miles when I'm down the Jersey Shore at a clip and, and there's no fall off. I do it just the same as I did 15 years ago. So I'm feeling great. And part of that is because I rest and I stay positive. Uh, you got to get your rest, uh, a quick power nap. It's a good thing. Meditation, a good thing. Um, so get your rest. Uh, it's, it, it takes you longer as you age to recuperate and rest helps your muscles heal. Uh, it just, there's so many good things about rest and plus it's fun. I love to take a nap. Um, meds, uh, you know, I don't take any meds. I take a lot of supplements, but I, I'm not on any meds. Now, uh, if I had to take a med, I would, but if, I'll give you an example of how I managed to kind of step around it. Um, my cholesterol was high a couple of years ago and my doctor said, uh, I either want to put you on a statin or you become a vegan. So I said, Hmm, let me think about it. I'll see you in a year. Well, I was, that's just when I had started to turn vegetarian. So, I really ratcheted down a lot of my intake of high cholesterol foods. And uh, I came back a year later and uh, I, my, my cholesterol went down 90 points. The next year it went down another 35 points. So my cholesterol is almost at the point that it's low. Now, if I had to take the statin, I would, but if I could do something for myself where I could avoid that, I, I would. And I did. So I'm not saying there's anything, you know, when you have to take something, you have to take something. But if there's ways that you can work on yourself to avoid that, you might as well explore it. The other thing to stay young, which I think is incredibly important is, uh, and I got one of the best compliments of my life I got last week from our guest, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. And she said, you know, you're somebody who is willing to keep learning things and interested in continuing to learn things. And I, I didn't, I had never thought about that, but yeah, I mean, there's so much that I don't know. Uh, that I have to have. And the more I learn, the more open minded I get, because so much of what I was taught was wrong or limited. So I think it's really important to, to have a youthful and functional mind is to keep learning, keep open, listen to other ideas. You know, I'm not a conservative, but I'll turn on Fox News and see what they have to say. And, you know, they hit on some points and I'm like, OK, I understand that. But, you know, a lot of it, in my opinion, is propaganda and it's propaganda on the other side also. But you have to kind of listen to both sides. You can't just, you know, if you're a conservative and you just watch Fox News all the time, it's just parroting back what you already think. If you're liberal and you just watch CNN all the time, you're probably getting the same thing back that you already think. So it's good to bounce around and just listen to try to get different points of view. That comes down to my last two, which is, uh, you know, and choosing love over fear. I mean, so many, there's so much fear that's being propagated through the media and uh, by whoever, and uh, it's keeping people down and it's putting them in a very reactive mode. So I think what you have to do is always go back and remember that key choice in life when you have to deal with any decisions is, are you going to choose from a state of fear or from a state of love? And I have to remind myself numerous times every day, come from a place of fear or come from a place of love. I prefer to choose love over fear. It's up to you. Last but not least, keep a healthy sex life. It'll keep you young. It'll keep your mind young. It'll keep you physically young. You don't want to lose all of your chi with too much sex, but 
you want to have a healthy sex life. And if you, if you can keep it going, you can keep it going and you'll feel a lot better. It's good for the spirit. It's good for the mind. It's good for the body. And uh, it's, it's make sure it comes from a place again of love. So that's kind of my guys, guys guide of the week. You can read about it on robertmanny.com. Um, Next week, we have a very wonderful, lovely Laurel House, uh, who is a relationship expert. She's one of the top dating coaches and relationship experts in the country. So I really look forward to having her back on the show. So we will be back in a week. And until then, I'm going to remind everybody that when I uh, let you go, uh, we'll hear the sounds of uh, our theme song from a band called Noba. And uh, the the tune is called uninspired, but you know, I'm really inspired. So we just ended up loving the tune and Nobo was kind enough, a guy by the name of Dave Brazieri to let us use it for the show. So thank you, Dave. And, um, like I always say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>